everyone. This is Aisha and Julia. Welcome to Meet Me at the Bookstore, a podcast dedicated to all things bookish. We've talked about this before, I think like in season two about POC authors and all that, just about people diversifying their reads. And we love that, especially white people trying to diversify their reads. So they're reading about POC characters or like books written by POC authors. And so someone I follow on Bookstagram had posted on their story, oh, please drop any recommendations of fantasy books by POC authors. So I just dropped a bunch of ones that I read this year. Saba Tahir, um, Tasha Suri, the author of Iron Widow, like just a lot of books out there. So this person basically took all everyone's suggestions and made a post. I took screenshots because it's me. And was like, here are books by BIPOC authors um, that you recommended to read. And the way they broke it down, like the categories, I just had a problem with. The first category was Asian and East Pacific. Next was Middle Eastern and Indian. Next was like African American and then some other adjective and then Latin American and Spanish. And so my focus was on the two first categories. And I was like, hey, like, I think this is a great post. However, I'm going to recommend that you relabel these because Asia is a large continent. You know, you could say East Asian, South Asian, you know, I'm sorry, like, it's not like Chinese authors own Asian as a category and ignore the rest of like India, Pakistan, Nepal. And then so she had Middle Eastern and Indian. And I was like, in addition to my point, I was like, you need to make this maybe Middle Eastern and South Asian because not every author here is Indian. Sabah Tahir is Pakistani. This person responded with, oh, I, you know, I went a lot of back and forth on how to categorize these authors and books and ended up going with how they do in the Olympics. And then about like Sabah Tahir was like, oh, you know, like, it was just really hard with some people have, like, mixed heritages, you know, and, like, just with, like, Pakistan, I just, like, decided to, like, put that as the Middle East. And I was just, like, shocked, because my response back was, Pakistan isn't South Asia, it's not in the Middle East. They came back, they're like, well, a lot of Middle East studies professors say otherwise. And, you know, I asked a lot of friends, you know, people go back and forth on it. And I immediately texted two of my friends who are Pakistani. One of them is Sahar. And I asked, do you consider Pakistan a Middle Eastern country? She texted me immediately. It was like, no, it's South Asian. It's very frustrating to have to also temper my anger because I'm trying to educate you as a person because you clearly don't know this. But then for you to throw it back in my face as an excuse, you need to take this as a white woman that you don't know what you're doing about BIPOC categorization. I'm trying to help you learn. Don't throw my face. And if I'm taking this another notch, and this is definitely aggressive, but you know what? I've been pushed there. So why is Pakistan to you a Middle Eastern country? Are you just going to say every country that has brown people is Middle Eastern? Like, why are you stopping at Pakistan? Why not go to India then? Like, why not go then to Bangladesh? Why not go to Nepal? Like, why are you stopping right at Pakistan? Is it because, oh, like they have terrorists there? Oh, because they're Muslim? Like, let me be real. Like, your reasoning is very racist. I couldn't stop thinking about it because it was actually frustrating to see that post. 
where it was just very half-assed where it's like, oh, look at me, white books grammar, trying to tell you to diversify. And this is what people recommended, but I can't put it in correct categories. Yeah, and if she's like that unsure, then exactly like don't have categories. I also, I feel like the way she responded was just more problematic than the post itself. The fact that she's willing to make a post like that, but is clearly not as, uh, not open-minded is not the right word because obviously there's, I mean, Pakistan's not part of the Middle East. I think most Pakistanis would agree with that. I had had to actually Google this because I was like, am I stupid? Yeah, I also... Sorry. So one more thing to add. I asked another person. I asked my project manager. She is white, Mm -hmm. but she did her master's in Pakistani geopolitics. And I had a meeting with her. I was like, hey, Sam. You, you did your master's in this. Would you classify this as a Middle Eastern country? No. Yeah, she would, she no, would know South Asia. She said that immediately. It makes me think it's because this girl's, in this girl's mind, Pakistanis are Muslim. And that's probably where it came from. I was like, hey, this is so great that you're compiling this. Because there's books I haven't even read or heard of. Just put it in better categories. You're going with the Olympics seriously? <laughs> I don't know what to say to that, but um, good on you for trying to trying to educate the masses. <laughs> Again, diversify your reads and like educate yourself, babe. I digress. <laughs> All right. But also, you know, in a way, a good connection, a good segue into the book we read for this month in terms of the topics it hits on. For the month of November, Julia was actually the one who, who picked this book. And we read Assembly by Natasha Brown. It was a short read, and we we both really needed a short read. We've both been really busy with work and school, and just like our schedule's getting busy. I read on my Kindle, so I don't actually know how many pages it was in the book, but like maybe between like 100 something to 200. Um, do you want to? It's wanna, barely do, over do, do 100. Sh- oh, okay. Yeah, it's very short. I mean, that, that explains some, because as we get into it, it will explain some more about my confusion. But do you want to share? Um, how you came across this book, why you picked it. Yeah, sure. Other well, than it being short. <laughs> yeah. Well, I came across it when I was in the UK. So it's written by a British author. And I wanted something short to read. And it sounded very interesting. The six one-word reviews on the front cover are exquisite, captivating, extraordinary, elegant, stunning, and electrifying. Which, And then there's more reviews as you look at it. Um, and so it sounds very enticing so that is what caused me to pick it up and it was clearly about like a young woman of color living in london and working in the city and i thought that that would be like a really relatable topic so yeah that's what led me to choose the book do we want to do the synopsis i'm an advocate for reading the synopsis on goodreads to go in because like this is what we both read yeah or like i mean like you obviously have what was on the cover but it's like it's this the is same. what i read where i was like okay it's the same no, no no but i was like this is what i read to get me enticed oh, yes. and i feel like we should share that i'm going to use this in terms of my argument of t- discussion about this book <laughs> come of age in the credit crunch be civil in a hostile environment go to college get an education start a career do all the right things buy an apartment buy art buy a sort of happiness but above all, keep your head down, keep quiet, and keep going. The narrator of Assembly is a Black British woman. She's preparing to attend a lavish garden party at her boyfriend's family estate, set deep in the English countryside. 
At the same time, she is considering the carefully assembled pieces of herself. As the minutes tick down and the future beckons, she can't escape. Is it time to take it all apart? Assembly is a story about the stories we live within, those of race and class, safety and freedom, winners and losers. And it's about one woman daring to take control of her own story, even at the cost of her life. With a steely and faltering gaze, Natasha Brown dismantles the mythology of whiteness, lining up in the debris in a neat row and walking away. Yeah, so interesting synopsis. When I read it at the time and like even like hearing us say it now, it definitely kind of made me think it could go in a way of like, um, oh, I, I don't know what the, the correct adjectives would be, but like not a horror thing, but like it just seems like it could easily go in that direction of where it's like, oh, we're doing like a lovely countryside, but minutes are ticking down. Like she's doing something to, like to, at the cost of her life. Like it seems slightly doomsday mm. and that's not where it went. But hearing the synopsis again, I feel like that could have been a cooler way for it to go. Oh, plot twist. It's actually like his family is a, m- a murdering family. You know, I don't know. Um, like there's those, those movies that like came out like last year where yeah. it's like, oh, she gets invited to family state jokes. They're all vampires or something like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to go? Do you want me to go? Uh, well, why don't you go? Why don't you keep go- um, talking about it? Um, I think the synopsis set up expectations of where I thought the book would go, with or without vampires or murdering families. But as part of the synopsis on Goodreads, you know, it says The Atlantic labeled this a modern Mrs. Dalloway. And, you know, having read this, I just found that so hard to agree with. I've rated it a two out of five. And honestly, I'm questioning this. I was questioning this earlier today as I was reading another book that that I rated low, quite frankly. Um, I rated another book 1.75. Maybe as we talk, we'll see. But right now, I'll go with two. But I really questioned the synopsis because it seemed like so much was going to happen and so much did not happen. And like you said, like it was barely 100 pages. So like, fine, fair enough. But I just think, for lack of better words, I know it's so harsh, but the synopsis is a lie of what to expect. Like, I think parts of it were in the story, but a lot of it wasn't. And to go into my main point, I think this book had so much potential of talking about racism, sexism, just problems in the workplace with financial disparity. But it was just so, it was like, oh, we're going to touch it here. We're going to touch it here. We're going to touch it here. But it never actually went into any of those problems. And it kind of felt like, so what? And then related to that, the author's writing style was very, some people might like it. It was not to my taste. Um, And I can go into that later when we talk about writing, but expectations were not met. And I'll leave it at that for right now. Um, Yeah, no, I feel that. I think that it was definitely different from what I expected having read just like the front cover. So I rated it a 3.5. I didn't hate it by any means. And I mean, I'll just get into it. So at first glance, it reminded me a lot of the books I have been reading for one of my classes where language is not the end-all be-all but the the highlight of what we're looking at more so than like plot or things actually happening it's just about the language itself and I did appreciate the style of writing perhaps because I have like come to appreciate it it's not something that I would naturally probably want to pick up I also think it it doesn't really delve deeply enough into the subjects it says it will address which are racism and sexism in the UK and 
as I'm thinking about it, I'm not sure if it's just because that's reality and like realistically because she's writing of like a real character living in the UK. It's like a thing where because it's not addressed in society, like this character can't really address it that deeply. I'm not really sure. But as like a POC myself, I didn't find any of the stories mentioned shocking or eye-opening. Whereas a lot of the people who reviewed this book, who are possibly not POC, did say, oh wow, like so eye-opening. She's talking about subjects that we really need to talk about. I mean, many books talk about um, these things. So I didn't find it like revelationary or anything. In the end, it still was a pretty easy read. It was around 100 pages, so quite short. And there is like something interesting happening. Um, I will say I was really excited to find out what would happen at the parents' anniversary. Like I thought it was going to be like a, oh, they're all in this house in the country. Maybe things will go down. And it just, I mean, it basically ends not even halfway through her stay out there. So I guess that was not the point of the book. But there were a few relatable points. Like this, the main character is supposed to be around our age, maybe a little older, I think. So that also helped a little bit with reading it. Although it made me also pinpoint on a lot of things I thought were very unrealistic for um, young women our age. But yeah, so overall 3.5 and we'll see if my mind changes. You're so right, like about the garden party. Because it's like, again, the synopsis is like, oh, garden party is coming up and all that. And it's like, but we don't even see her really at the garden party. It's just like they're getting ready for the garden party and then she's gone off somewhere and this is pondering and it's mostly like a lot of flashbacks. And it was just, again, it was like, you know, when I was looking up covers of the book, it's always like garden party settings or like an estate house. And so therefore I'm like, why? Yeah, that's very misleading. Again, it's just it like, should it's be an fa- office it's building, false, it's, if anything. It's false advertisement. Yeah. yeah, which happens, unfortunately, sometimes with books. But yeah, I don't know why. It was a garden party. Literally, like, the last five pages take place at, like, the house. <laughs> Do we want to use this to segue into talking about the writing? Yeah, let's get into the writing. I guess before I go into, like, bashing the writing, from my opinion, the opening pages were really powerful and, like, they did make you feel uncomfortable, like, because they're describing scenes of, you know, a woman basically being harassed by a co-worker or a boss and then you realize like okay no this is like sexual harassment oh no this is coming into being in a way a bit of an assault I don't want to say I liked that but those are the parts that I found that like packed a punch where it's like okay you're actually hitting in on these quote-unquote heavier stories or topics in the overall book that said it was like three kind of short stories but then it was like how is this tying to the main story that is assembly and so overall to me it's just very disjointed and you know we were just saying the garden party you don't see much of the garden party because our unnamed female narrator sitting you know like under a tree having these flashbacks and it was just so it's not linear the storytelling of these flashbacks I think that added to the confusion of what is happening because there's no like indication like oh she's suddenly having a flashback oh wait jokes no she's actually in present day talking to her boyfriend's mom or she's having a flashback of sharing a bed with a boyfriend but no actually no, she's having a conversation with him right now as she's thinking about this and it just made it so confusing and I had to look up reviews actually from Goodreads after I read because I was like am I the only one thinking this and Someone had said that this author basically kind of was like inspired by Sally Rooney of like not using punctuation 
And they're not wrong. Like this author didn't have quotations. I can't remember, but I'm pretty sure she didn't have quotations when it's like during conversations and stuff. And so I'm pretty sure that choice in writing added to the confusion of where are we in the story? Like what is happening? And I was just confused a lot of the time. With me saying like it's not linear, I was like, is this a choice on purpose? You know, her hopping like like a story from last year versus like three years ago to then like two weeks ago. I don't think it added to her story. It it really, I think, hindered it more. No, that's fair. There was there was definitely a lot of hopping. I feel like when it comes to, like the no quotations or really like lack of um linear linearization. I said that wrong. Like I guess Sally Rooney does that. I think a lot of modern not modern but it seems kind of like a trendy thing it seems like a lot of these young authors who are not taught to write but like when you're in class for example like I've read a lot of books that have no quotations and really lean language um and it's supposed to come off as I mean quite not like intellectual but quite um heavy like I just like makes you pay attention to the language a lot which can be really difficult to read um, and also not effective depending on how the reader takes it or how the writer presents it so I agree that the it was difficult sometimes to like understand where she was and maybe it's like maybe that's like the point because not only is it like hard to understand what when is what she's also like very detached and I guess like in the in the um like cover they're like yes her cool gaze and I'm like that's a that's a fun way to say it but it's she's super detached and it's so it's like it's all very hazy it makes you think that oh this is a woman who is anxiously bouncing things around in her mind but also like super removed from the world because like honestly like it's a trauma response so if I look at it in that way I think I guess it was effective I just don't think that I I I don't agree with what you're saying like I can understand that as like a potential reasoning for why the author did that but I'm curious what you were like you I guess you're learning this in your class like that people I get like you have to pay more attention if you don't have quotations but there was an adjective you used to like describe it so the word i used was trendy and that's that's obviously just like my commentary on it i don't i don't know if anyone else thinks it's trendy it just seems like yeah like that thing like we're gonna do because like oh salar rooney's doing or whoever's doing it because i think it could pack a punch if it serves a purpose and i don't think the perp there was a purpose in this book and I think one of the reviews I saw on Goodreads was like, this read more like an essay. And I think this would have been better suited as an essay, as like a com- compilation of essays by an un- the unnamed female narrator. Or like if it was journal entries, right? I think that would have made so much more sense than however it was written. That's an interesting point. It made more sense as essays, like a random flashback of like me at the doctor's appointment or a random flashback of like having to book airplane tickets or trying to go to the airport, like, that would have just made so much more sense and I think actually packed more of a punch because as we said earlier, like this book hits on things like racism, sexism and all. And it's like, I think you say, you know, it's like it touches it, but it's like it doesn't actually go into it as a problem. And like, yeah, fine, like British politics and all is like that. That's what it is like. But then what, why are you adding to that by just like being surface level? You're not helping the situation. Like here you have a character who's going off about like how people call her exotic because she's not white she's black or the airport can't believe that she's actually flying business class and think she should go in economy in the economy line you know like go more into that like obviously like 
SPOCs, like we've heard these stories over and over again, but like, why are you giving surface level stories to white people? Like, get exactly. into it. Like, why are we like that? Made that? it seem non revelationary to me because I'm like, sure. Like, I believe that this happens to POC people where maybe like a white person would be like, oh my gosh, that happens. Like, crazy. I don't know. <laughs> um, is there anything else that I want to say about the language? I mean, I guess, yes, the language is like super lean. Again, like, I wasn't sure if I like outrightly didn't like it. I also couldn't say if I did like it. I'm like, I guess I'm like kind of neutral towards like the language itself. It was, it's different. So that can be fun to read. Um, Again, it's not usually what I go for, but it is interesting. And then, oh, also it's written in the first person. And at first I was excited because I love things that are written in the first person because you get to go deep in their head. And even though you are in her head and she's clearly thinking about a lot of things, we're still so far removed. Like, I feel like I don't know her at all as a person. And again, that's clearly got to be the point, but it's kind of frustrating. I mean, I do get the feeling that th- this woman is very burnt out and disillusioned, obviously. But I just wish I got a little more. I would say it wasn't so obvious to me that like, oh, she's disillusioned or she's like burnt out and all that. It just felt to me, I was like, this is hot take. I just think this is lazy writing. Ooh, that is a hot take. Going back to, I guess, your your mention about how this would have been better as like essays or even like journal entries because there was so much like, rumination that was interesting but also like not believable as just like thought that passes through someone's head at like a garden party. But things that there was some interesting notes on, um, like one thing came up about how learning slavery, like teaching kids slavery at a young age kind of, and they see pictures of the slave trade happening, it probably puts ideas into people's heads very early on about what race is um, stronger um, and that kind of lends itself to racism. Um, That was like an interesting idea being presented. Um, Then also the fact that the UK destroyed certain documents and then, you know, washed washed the blood off their hands and quickly went from being the Great British Empire to cute, cozy little Britain. Um, Both of those points were interesting, but it would have been more interesting to actually get into them. And then I guess I'll end with one thing that I did enjoy, which was going back to just like the writing itself. There were towards the end, these things that were like figure one, figure two. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. It was just, it was very weird and like reading on a Kindle. Okay, yeah. I, I, didn't. I didn't get what they were because usually that's like supposed to be a picture, right? Like figure one. But figure five was this kind of like, it wasn't a poem, but kind of. It was just like white, black. It was, like, an interesting poem. I just, like, took it as what it was, like, a poem. I don't know why it was there, but I liked the poem. But, like, that's what I mean. Like, it, it, it was, like, things were, like, in there that didn't make sense. Like, that was a good poem, but, like, why not make this, like... I think that person who wrote that in, in their Good re- Goodreads review was right. Like, this would have been better as a compilation of essays and, like like, maybe put, like, a little intro explaining the character like oh she's about to embark like you could still say that like she's going to go to her boyfriend's family's garden party but like these are essays she's written you know ruminating on life but having like random figures and like a random poem is she just sitting under a tree slowly contemplating life but let me come up with a poem right now like it just didn't make sense and if she is like as you say like burnt out and disillusioned she's just suddenly coming up with a poem like I don't I don't get it yeah. Do we have anything else to say on the writing or should we just move on to the characters? I think it's a good segue to go to the character and focus on the unnamed female narrator. All right. 
what to say, what to say. Um, so, I mean, this in a way kind of ties to the writing, but like it focuses on her. I agree with you. I do like a first person narrative, but I think when I went and I was like, okay, I need to remember that first person, like they can be untrustworthy because you're only getting their perspective. So I was like, okay, I should like go in with a grain of salt. Cause I always do go in like really trusting and taking the word of our narrator when we have a first person. I don't know if it was like that tied in with just like the writing, but there were times when our narrator was just saying stuff and I was kind of like, I don't know, I just didn't have much sympathy for her in like the bulk of the story. I did more so have it when it was like those three short stories where it's like talking about or what seemed like short stories, maybe anecdotes of what I'm assuming is her being sexually assaulted and harassed by a coworker. And it's like, of course I'm going to feel for that because it's one that's happening to his woman and then two, it's happening or you're not being able to speak up because you're a woman of color working in finance, which is predominantly a white male environment. But I feel like there's just like a lot of things happening to her. And then I just kept thinking like, so what? Or like, what are you going to do about this now? Like, what is the next step? Like, I'm not saying like, oh, we bring assaulted. Like you have to go to HR. It's like, I'm not saying like figure it out, but it's just, if this has been happening for a while, why are we still at this job? Why have we not looked elsewhere? And I get like her thing is like, She's trying to, she has to work hard, or to her, her, to her, she has to work hard because she's an immigrant, immigrant family. Like you, you're trying to like establish yourself financially, all that, because you are going to have it harder as a woman of color. I get that. But it was just like, why are you still keeping yourself in this environment? She got promoted to a high position, but it, it started off like she's basically an assistant. I, I wasn't getting, I was confused. You find out, spoiler, she has cancer. Apparently she's not going to seek treatment. So I was also like, where are we going with this? It was just, again, it felt like things were being thrown at us. Still like, so what? I mean, yeah, I think she didn't share it with anyone because she wants to die because that's like how she sees as her only way out, which I get it as like a dramatic kind of tool for storytelling. Like, oh my gosh, this character sees no way out. She has to die in order to leave this capitalist patriarchal society. But I also find that disappointing because as a POC woman, what am I supposed to read that and say, oh gosh, the only way out is to die? Like, I'm not also sitting here trying to be like, I have to beat the system. I think we're all aware of like the many problems in the system that we live with. But I think that there are other ways to remove yourself from it, such as not wanting to climb the corporate ladder so aggressively and so blindly like this woman quite frankly, and her best friend, apparently Rachel, who we can get to later. Um, I actually know almost no people, no women at least like this. So just it was unbelievable to me that such a smart woman, I mean, she went to Oxford. She's clearly very smart, hardworking. I, I found it disappointing that a woman like that could not figure out something else, whether it's I mean, even if she did decide to like, okay, she's clearly got cancer, still doesn't want to seek treatment. Maybe she quits her job and pursues painting for like however long or like whatever, like a fun passion, maybe travels the world for X amount of months. Um, Even that would be more gratifying, I think. To add to that, it just felt like, I know this is going to sound so shitty and like, I'm going to say it, but it's just like, are we meant to be feeling um, like empathetic towards her? Here you are, like finance is not an easy job. Like I know I'm not in finance, but like have friends who've been in it. Like I get it's a high stress job. Are we meant to feel sympathetic for her that like, oh, like she's cancer, like she's probably gonna die from it. 
Like you said, like quit your job. You're clearly so well established. You own your own flat and a nice area as well. I'm not saying like check, you're done for the rest of your life. I'm not saying that, but I'm assuming you have enough savings that it's okay for you to quit your job. Focus on yourself. If you don't want to seek treatment, fine. But do you really want to spend the rest of your life, the rest of your days complaining about Lou who keeps looking at you lewdly, looking how you're dressed, treating you like an assistant? you know, not being treated well, as well as you should be by your boyfriend and his parents. Is that how you really want to spend the rest of your time left? I wouldn't. Exactly. But. It's like, it's like, I understood that she was severely unhappy. And again, burnt out, etc. But I couldn't. And like, I know what it's like to feel really burnt out. I know what it's like to my I don't think my job was like hers. But I work in finance. I have a lot of friends who work in finance. It's very stressful. But I don't know. I just don't really agree with I mean, maybe I don't know, maybe I'm, like, not understanding the message of this book, clearly. So I just think it's a detrimental message. I don't want to, like, keep hitting the nail with the hammer out. Okay, I don't know any sayings. Essentially, I wanted more from her and for her. And I'll just leave it at that. Also, to be honest, I guess I was was confused in the beginning if if it really was her getting harassed. Um, Because clearly some girl is, but because of the disjointedness of the story, it's not super clear who it is but it's probably her. I couldn't understand why she wouldn't stop doing, like she wouldn't quit her job. I mean, it's it's actually not that difficult to find another job when you work in the city. Like, I'm just going to put that out there. It's like not that difficult, especially if you're good at what you do. Yeah, there's a lot of things I didn't get. And I actually had to like look the author up and apparently she did work in finance because I almost didn't think she did. And so I have to assume that these are stories that are realistic to her working point of view and the people she knows um but it's not really that realistic in my point of view do you want to go into your co-workers i mean i can keep going on and on but i'll just be reiterating like i just didn't get this character i kind of agree with your analysis of like oh like she's disillusioned and then i have moments where i'm like i feel like julia's stretching and just being really polite about this character in this writing where i'm like i just don't think i mean she's clearly disillusioned like like i do like i don't like it's like i don't really feel bad for her but i feel bad that she has been put in a place that she's so disillusioned. I mean, I know I have a lot of friends who are like practically burnt out. I mean, I think a lot of us are like on the edge of burnout. And I think she's clearly very much over the edge of burnout. I understand it's like a problem that a lot of people deal with, especially right now. Um, and it's even harder as a POC living in like a very white society. But I guess to move on, because yeah, we can like keep harking on about her, um, even though we don't even know her name. I guess we'll start with some of her co-workers. One figure who's mentioned quite a bit is Rachel, who's her quote-unquote best friend. This girl, I was like, first of all, you guys are not best friends. Like, you only talk at work. And then I think they go to the gym together. And I'm like, that's like a work friend, which can be your best friend. But this, no, this was not that case. She never actually talks about friends. She only talks about, like, her boyfriend. Well, she talks about Rachel. Who, like, I'm gonna ask, I don't even, but, like, that's someone she's met yeah. through work, right? But it's like, who yeah, are her friends from school, from uni? Yeah, exactly. She doesn't even seem to talk about her sister as a friend, only as, like, someone she wants to, like, pass down her material assets to. So, like, about this Rachel girl, she's apparently a super, like, lean-in type of woman who was sleeping with one of the partners, but also super into like, networking and trying to make it up the corporate ladder herself and doing everything that she needs to and is also like a little bit racist because I think she makes a comment on the main character's promotion that's a bit odd and I'm like okay I get it she's like not a great great person but like I also don't even believe that people like that exist anymore 
And again, maybe I'm not understanding how old these girls are. Maybe they're quite a bit older than us and this has happened in the past. But I just don't know anyone like Rachel. I, I, most of my, I think most people I know are aware that super lean in type of attitude is just succumbing even deeper to the patriarchy. I was definitely thinking they're at least like 30 Oh, years do you think? Old. Okay. That's how I was okay. reading it. But when you were saying like, oh, you don't know anyone who's like Rachel, who's like lean in, it's definitely giving very 2000s rom-com movie who's like the work friend, who, who's like really their front of me. That's yes, what it's giving. that's what I mean by like me thinking like this was like, this took place. And maybe it does take place because it says come of age in a credit crunch. I mean, is this taking place back in 2008 is it taking place back like in our current credit crunch i don't know anyways um i guess all of the characters including the main character herself are just symbols right like they don't seem real because maybe they they aren't real they're just like stereotypes of all like the furthest extremes that these types of people are like going on to the next person lou who's like the work golden boy who also came from like a non-privileged background but like worked his way up but like is white and is a, is a man but then also gets into work at 11 i mean i was like no i'm sorry anyone getting to work at 11 is not getting a promotion or like up for promotion i have a very hard time believing that and then also so then the old men another like character 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 whatever you know what i'm trying to say um of old men partners at banks uh, where the caricature. yes caricature no okay what what I just said <laughs> uh, caricature thank you um so like these old men are like harassing the young woman at the bank that they work out and like fine I get that that happens for sure and that has happened but especially nowadays like you can report these people like there are lines of reporting you it's pretty crazy and not a lot of people get away acting like this especially to a girl like that like who is again also in a position of power like she has like she's not just like some random secretary she clearly is like i don't know what her role was but it was clearly important um it it was like all too stereotypical and symbolic for me to appreciate it as like a real story so i just looked up this was written two years ago so it's it's still fairly recent, but it's also like not that far back. Like you said, there are common themes like old white men in the workplace and corporate world having those micro racism comments. It's, these are known things. And like, that's what I was saying. It's like, I wanted her to go, the author to go in more of these stories, really delve into it. And there's another point. He said, like, she's clearly in a good position. Like, again, this going back to the character, like it was confusing. Like what I initially thought she's like a secretary to Lou because it's just like why is he watching you through the glass his glass door or whatever like why is your desk facing him and all that so many unanswered questions while reading this I just was very confused do we want to go into her boyfriend and his family yeah we can go into them out of all the characters in this book like I didn't mind them because they actually felt the most realistic to me Okay, I, I mean, I don't know where you're going with them. It's like, I didn't mind them either. They just seemed like normal people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, they yeah, they seemed normal. And I'm like, yes, I know people like this. And the way that they act is, like, pretty fair. I'm like, what? Like, of course they're going to act like this. It's not crazy. They're nice. They're polite. They don't know you that well. Okay, wait, yeah. So did you, did you find them problematic? I wasn't finding the problem, at least in his family. I wasn't finding the problem with them. No, and but the thing, I don't think they're meant to be problematic. I think, like, the society we live in is problematic, um, and they're just, like, in the upper echelons of it. 
No, but like it made it. She made it seem like, and this is again where like she she was annoying to me as a character. So, yeah, it made it seem like she was like complaining about them. Like, oh, like every time I go there, they're always asking like pointed things. Like, oh, they just assume she's she supports the Labour Party and abortion. It's like, no, she's actually like a Tory. To our non UK British listeners, they're assuming she's you know liberal, but like really she's a conservative. But they're just assuming that because historically i see with air quotes people of color have been liberal as opposed to conservative things like that it seemed like she was just trying to pick points to complain about his parents but it was like okay fine like those are assumptions we all know assumptions are the people shouldn't have assumptions they should work on that but like they seemed like okay people i mean also you don't know how long you've been together but you know what it really comes down to your boyfriend however his parents are treating you that's up to your boyfriend it's his responsibility to make sure they treat you with any respect. And if they're not, again, that all comes down to your boyfriend. Like if you've been together for years and they're maybe asking you questions that like you think are inappropriate, that should be on your boyfriend. Like he should be figuring this out. I don't think he should be getting that bad at his parents. But they seem perfectly polite. I don't know. Yeah. And I also think that like, I mean, knowing her, which we don't actually know her very well, but from the little that I got, I'm willing to bet that she also doesn't really make an effort to get to know them i mean she didn't even want to go to their house i mean fair enough like she's dealing with cancer i get it it's so funny it's like she doesn't yeah no one's telling you to to go to this party but like you're choosing to go to work where you're surrounded by a bunch of people who you don't like but you're willing to i'm i personally would pick the state party over going to work i don't know i just feel like having to to deal with the work stress and then people that's just a lot more than just like dealing with people and like while you're getting into drink and eat for free and stay in a cushiony estate i don't know yeah it's like says more about me might as well like enjoy what you have and like she does have a lot and like i'm not gonna say like oh i mean i am gonna say it like she just like didn't have a good attitude in fact she had a bad attitude (laughs) the whole entire book Um, she really did (laughs) and that that's what affected the way i view this book like she was just complaining about everything and it's like it's like what do you expect you work sucks yeah people suck at work you have cancer yes i can understand that completely is a horrible thing to go through but it's like a hard one to say this but it's like so much self-pity but it's like it wasn't even like pity it was just like when you're nitpicky and i say i'm a very judgmental person i pick on like a lot of things but she was like on another level and like fine she's got cancer she's dealing with stuff but it's like when you're like picking on almost every single thing but then you're also gonna just sit there and do nothing about it i can't sympathize with you at all like if you just you don't want to do anything about it to fix it that's on you then oh exactly and i think this is i was trying to think of the word in my head i found the word the word she's entitled and in a way that is not like fun she's entitled because to me she thinks that she should not have these things happen to her or she doesn't think she has to do anything for her life to change or along those lines she's entitled to me because she wants a better life but is not willing to do anything to create a better life for herself so even like her boyfriend's family who is so wealthy at one point his ancestors had to work really hard for what they had and i'm not like i I obviously understand that like we live in a society that is unequal and of course like people have had different opportunities to ascend what i understand that but i'm just saying that like even in small ways we can choose to make something and i'm not i'm not sitting here and being like kim kardashian like no one wants to work anymore like no in fact 
don't work. Don't work if you don't want to. Quit your job. Get up off your ass. Work. <laughs> Quit your job. This is what I'm an advocate for. Quit your job. Hop on a plane. Pick up a paintbrush. Buy an instrument that you've never played before. Like, you know, do something. Do something. Go for a walk. That's what those are things that anyone can do. And all it takes is, you know, one small step at a time. And so I just was frustrated by her own sense of entitlement and you can see it in the way that she stays with her boyfriend because she's like i she wants these really nice things she wants all the nice things but she she never tells him she it's like a miscommunication she's like bitching about him and it's like no one's telling you to stay with your boyfriend if you don't be going to his garden party you don't like his family break up with your boyfriend if he's not making you happy no one is forcing you in this yeah exactly so I mean, I guess that sums it up. I guess I just don't really know what the exact point was trying to be made. It's like, yes, we live in a shitty society, but then we ourselves are also part of the problem and there's nothing we can do or is there? Like, is that is this just showing us that, like, don't be like this? Or is it saying that, like, watch out, this could be us or, like, this is reality for POC people or is it this is not real? See, I just, like, couldn't make up my mind what the actual point of this... Because there's seemingly like a message trying to be like put on us um i'm just not sure that i got it i agree with you i think it's it just makes me question when people like like those adjectives you said that were on the cover of the book praising the book it just makes me question like what did where in the book got you to that point to be like this is how i want to describe this book like it was amazing because i clearly never hit that point when i read this so it just makes me question a lot Yes, and in fact, I mean, reading the back... Okay, here, these are a couple um, more, like, slightly longer um, reviews on the back of the book. So one by Allie Smith. This is the kind of book that doesn't just mark the moment things change, but also makes that change possible. Does it? Does it make that change possible? Like, I, I feel like it would... I mean... This character gave up. She, it, she literally gave up. There was she no... literally gave up. <laughs> She gave up on any possibilities. That's what it was. Was, was that the change? And is that it like is, is it a message? Is it a message for white people? Like like stop. Like I don't know. Here's another one that's kind of interesting. Natasha Brown takes the conventional conventional ticks of the English novel, the repressed emotion and clipped speech, and drains away the nostalgia. What's left is something hard and true. That's by Will Harris. That's interesting that he. Um, mentions the repressed emotion and clipped, clipped speech of typical English novels, because I guess that is typical, especially repressed emotion, which maybe explains more of this book. When you're talking about when was this book set and all. And so I found like a New York Times article and it was just like going, it's basically like the synopsis, but like going in more in depth, like really praising this book. And it's titled A Black Woman in Finance Regains Her Agency. Is her regaining her agency, her deciding not to seek cancer treatment, her choice of deciding how she wants to die, is that her regaining her agency? And it's like, I'm just really struggling when I see the praises of this book because I'm just, did we read the same thing? Yeah, I agree. I feel like one article that I I slightly more agreed with, because I also had to look up other (laughs) reviews of this book, was by The Guardian. They have a much more neutral slash maybe more critical point where, um, So they say, like, crafted beautifully, blah, 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 but it can feel like an excuse for not fleshing out her story, which is exactly what you said. The protagonist is keen to pass her wealth on to a younger sister, but there's little on that relationship or the emotional impact her death might wreak. 
there's also no consideration that there's any other way to live besides ambitiously ascending the career, class, and property ladders. This means that, despite a poignant unpacking of her struggles, the narrator's death wish can read like a melodramatic device. Why not drop out rather than drop dead? So I was like, that's, yeah, I agree with that. Do you have anything else? Should we yeah. do our final takes or do you want to amend your rating? This is honestly a 1.75, but it's just like, I think it's great. Like, you know, we could anal- like come up with hypotheses of what this author is trying to do. But also, I just don't think it's great if we're at the point where it's like, it's great. And also, I don't think it's great when it, it's touching on very important topics that are like, applicable and present day like it's not like a fantasy book where it's like oh well like was it a dragon wasn't a dragon i don't know yeah i mean i guess it's like i'm reading an article on british vogue about the author um it does seem it's slightly more autobiographical biographical even though apparently the author is like no it's not it does take place post 2008 which okay fine i guess i don't know what it was like back then to be fair and it does seem like language again was a big part of her writing process not like actual plot or or anything like that which okay fine 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 it is what it is at this point would i amend my rating honestly yes maybe i would amend it to like a three i'm not used to ratings again um this is like the lowest rating i've given a book that we have rated on this podcast yeah like i always do it to like compare it to other books because i think like beach party gave three and a half and that wasn't like a great book but at least it was like I wanted to keep reading it. Fair. That's interesting. I mean, honestly, Beach Party, Beach Party was like poorly written, which this, it was not poorly written because it was, she was clearly very intentional. I just don't know if that intention came across or maybe it's just me as the reader who doesn't typically read books like this, not wanting to dig into like what the language is telling me. I don't know. But anyways, I'll leave it up as three. What I'm going to say, we can maybe move it up somewhere else. Like I'm just looking at someone's blog of like posting reviews and they posted a review on this book I think last year and so they're just talking about like their thoughts and all but I don't know what this person looks like maybe I'll have to look it up but their thoughts where is it as I read this review I realized the book sounds incredibly depressing but I never felt that it never felt the way when reading it instead it revealed to me a privilege I've never been I've never given much thought to before and that's the freedom to be oneself despite the expectations of those around you and I don't know, when I just read that first, I was like, are you a white person and you're just not realizing? Is it a white man? You're, I mean, a white man. Like, no woman would feel like that. No, like it's that a white woman. Anyways, well. It's a white, it's a white woman. <laughs> That's insane. Well, she, I see people who write stuff like From that. I'm Canada. like, no, it's not that you don't know. It's that you have like actually ignored the stuff that's happened to you in your life because for sure a white man has been like weird to you like for sure you're so like she's a rachel you're so embedded in the patriarchy that you choose not to see anything bad happening to you because you're like it's like the opposite of victim mentality where it's like nothing could ever happen to me like we make all the choices it's literally like the rachel character we make our choices in this life and that's that I'm not yeah. gonna say anything else because I'm just gonna keep reiterating what I said yeah. earlier. That's just gonna be pointless. You don't. We don't need like an hour of me saying that. Really. Exactly. Same. Same. I can only. I can only apologize for it's being the one you. to suggest this book. It's not you. <laughs> it's not you. It's like you never. That's a thing, though. Unfortunate. Unfortunate thing with books. No, of course you're so right. You never know. And I will say that this book, it didn't get better, but it did just end. So it's a fast read. I'll give it that. We will talk to you guys next time. Bye, everyone. We want to thank you for joining us today and hope that you'll continue on this bookish journey with us. 
Don't forget to rate and follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts.